the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Indeed, it is good morning, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. And we're rolling. TGIF today, literally, seriously, and uh, enthusiastically, thank God it is a Friday. It has been one, uh, I guess I can just call it a rough week. It's been a rough week. It's been a difficult week. It's been a challenging week. It's already been a challenging morning, that I can tell you as well, for reasons that I may or may not get into on the air today. But thank the good Lord in heaven above that it is the 11th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2022 and that it is indeed a Friday. We need to recharge our batteries. But before we do that, we are going to bring it to you uh, very, very heavy today, coming up in a half an hour. We haven't talked about Black History Month, and we're 11 days into it. We haven't talked about it, other than to remind you a couple of different times that there are some African Americans who really, really oppose Black History Month. They don't like it because of how extraordinary, condes- extraordinarily condescending it is, as if to say that black history is not American history, which is every month. Um, I've played this for you before. You've heard this, right? Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is white history month? Well, well, come on. Tell me. Well, I'm Jewish. Okay. 
Which month is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No, I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You know as Does anybody know if um, Morgan Freeman has ever been canceled for that yet? Because that clip is quite a few years old now. Obviously, Mike Wallace has passed. I'm trying to remember exactly how many years old that is. I once had the date on it. But anyway, has Morgan Freeman been canceled by BLM yet? Have it been canceled by uh, all of the you know white, guilt-ridden, far-leftist Americans who think that we should be seeing color first and second and last and always, rather than character completely turning Martin Luther King's dream upside down? Anybody ever canceled Morgan on that? Nobody really talks about Morgan Freeman in the in that regard. Kind of curious, because I think he's smart enough to win a debate with any and every single one of them who is arguing that we should see color first, you know, like CRT demands, and that we should look at content of character and look at people as people second, um, rather than as a, as a race first. I, I I think he they know they would be destroyed if they tried to debate him on the issue. That's probably why nobody has come for Morgan Freeman, but nobody talks about this. And I don't know why more people don't play that. Because I know his feelings haven't changed. Morgan Freeman has continued to have conversations about uh, race in America. And as he said, stop talking about it. Stop recognizing it. Stop looking at it. Look at people as people. Look at me as a, as a man, not a black man. I'll look at you as a, a man, not a Jewish man or a white man. I will. We will look at each other as men. Then you won't have so much racism or racist problems. Uh, and he's right, of course. He just is. Anyway, we're going to do that at 9.35 this morning. Coming up in, uh, in less than a half an hour, Tim Barton wrote a piece for uh, the Epic Times headlined what Morgan Freeman just said in that that clip. Black history is American history. And it is. As Morgan Freeman said, why should black history be confined to a month? Because it's American history, which is 12 months long. And if it is just confined to a month, then where are the other ethnic or racial history months? That's just kind of curious. And I'm wondering, here's here's you really want to you really want to flip a leftist who is obsessed with race on his head, um, do this. Ask them this question. If February is Black History Month, does that mean January and March through December are White History Months? All of the rest. Blacks are one month. Whites are all the rest. That's an 11 to 1 ratio. Not sure they would be happy with that. That would flip them on their ear. It's a great question. Tim Barton wrote a piece saying, no, uh, in fact, that's not the case. Um, Black history is American history. Fundamentally and practically speaking, it is all American history that includes the pivotal roles that so many blacks have played. And not just celebrating the black heroes who have done terrific things, but recognizing black participation in and contributions to, and in some cases not contributions to, but just playing roles in the formulation of our current society. Black history is American history. 
So we're going to work on unity today, as we try to do every day, by pointing out the hypocrisy of the racism that is practiced in mainstream media today and in political circles today, particularly the racism against white people. The racism against white people that is is growing more and more accepted and more and more um, encouraged every single day. White people are the devil. White people should be demonized. White people should be um, marginalized. White people should be made to feel shame. That's, that's the new reality in this country. Racism is still indeed pervasive in large part because, as Morgan Freeman said, we keep talking about it. And now we're talking about it in the terms of everybody should gather together and gang up on white people for being white. That's, that's literally it. Did you see the trailer for that new Showtime movie? that has been released there is a movie that is being released um i don't know when i don't care when but i have seen the trailer and it is repugnant it is repugnant it, it is literally horrific i i may play some of it for you here in a few in fact i probably will to underscore the point but there is a movie basically that is an hour and a half of insults and degradation of and laughing at and shaming people who are white for being white. The kind of thing that if it were made about black people or uh, Latinos or you know uh, Asians or BIPOC, indigenous people, anybody else would be, oh my goodness, you know, studios would be burnt down. Cities would, as they already are, whenever there is something insulting said or done about a racial minority, that will they would also be burnt down. This is supposed to be um, laughed at, celebrated, patronized, enjoyed. Let's all laugh at the silly, weak, terrible, bigoted white people. That's what this movie is. It's really, really a remarkable thing. We'll talk about that with Tim Barton, who wrote um, uh, this article for Epic Times at 9.35. Then at 10.10, we'll hear, or excuse me, 10.35, beg your pardon, we will hear, as we always do, from uh, Christina Hagen. Christina Hagen is our uh, uh, great uh, commentator on uh, Fridays, and she is a former state representative, and she's got some thoughts to share with us on the news of the day and of the week coming up at 10.35. So Timothy Barton and Christina Hagen are our guests. And now, before we do anything else, what do you say we start our program officially with our Pledge of Allegiance? Patriots, please stand in front of your flag if you have one. Face it. Put your hand on your heart and join us. And don't forget, if you are facing a flag each morning, I want pictures of them. I'm going to be posting them on my website, which is being constructed as we speak. So I'm trying to collect it. Each day I look in my Facebook Instant Messenger, and I see more people sending me pictures of their flags. Some people are just emailing them to me, those who have my email address. Um, You could probably email them to Marcy, too, if you wanted to, uh, but I don't like to give out my email address on the radio, or I will never, ever be able to get to the bottom of the inbox. So uh, send me your flags. Your pictures of your flags that you are standing in front of when you do your pledge every morning, send them to my Facebook Instant Messenger page. So just look for me. Even if we're not Facebook friends, you can still direct message me, and I will take those pictures, put them in a a collection, and I will be posting them. 
coming up one day very soon. So, Patriots, go ahead and stand and let's take care of this. Um, Leftists, Biden voters, Brandon voters, mask wearers, mask mandate supporters, shot givers, shot supporters, shot mandate supporters, and tire slashers. That's right including CNN reporters who are recommending that people slash the tires of the truck drivers still protesting in the Freedom Convoy up in Canada. Slash their tires, empty their tanks, and tow their trucks. That's the message from CNN. You guys can go ahead and take your knee alongside your favorite ex-quarterback. As for the rest of us, we'll do this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all absolutely and you know just because I was talking about that have you heard the montage yet this is the terrific montage of the leftists on CNN the elitists these are the elitists there's make no doubt about it. The blue-collar working truck drivers of America, the blue-collar families who support them, the blue-collar citizens of two nations who are protesting the cross-border vaccine mandates being put forth by Justin Trudeau. And if he had his way, if he had the ability, uh, according to our Constitution, it would be done the same way by President Brandon. But uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of working-class people being called terrorists, being called uh, uh, seditionists, being called traitors to country, being called insurrectionists because of this working-class revolt. Listen to how they report on these things at MSNBC, CNN, and the rest of the mainstream media. Sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. Alarming situation there in Ottawa. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness this is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment it's, i think it's part of the globalization of trumpism canadians know where i stand there hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior streets are clogged the honking is incessant and deafening this pandemic has sucked for all canadians residents that i have spoken to who say they feel terrorized intimidated residents say they feel like hostages residents in that area say that they are being held hostage that this freedom has essentially this freedom convoy as they call it has essentially imposed a lockdown on them some protesters harassed a soup kitchen these anti-vaxxers actually took food from the mouths of the homeless hungry yeah because they were they're, they're, they're so put upon there have not been any violent outbursts however horns have been honking for 12 to 21 hours a night the small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Many of them are holding Confederate flags. I've heard there's QAnon supporters in the crowd. We've seen swastikas. We've seen the Confederate flag. We've seen uh, flags with Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, in a noose. Uh, lots of Donald Trump flags as well. People chanting, let's go, Brandon. It is actually one of the rare times in history you're going to see swastikas and yellow stars uh, at the same protest. A few people shouting and waving swastikas does not define who Canadians are. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop it there. It goes on for another minute. <laughs> the hilarity or the 
among the multiple reasons for hilarity here, or examples of hilarity here, are that they think that the Confederate flags and the swastikas are intended to represent the Freedom Convoy. That people are waving those things because that's who the, the working class people demanding their freedom, that that's who they are. They, the fact that the reason the swastikas and the Confederate flags and these and the yellow stars are being waved is trying to say, this is what we're protesting against. The Nazi-esque tactics and policies of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party in Canada that is running that country into the ground and taking liberties away. It's, it's hilarious that you look at CNN, MSNBC, NBC, and all the way down the line, and every time you do it, they're talking about, look at these racists, look at these people waving Nazi flags. They're Nazis, and they expect to get support as Nazis and Confederates. It's, is it willful ignorance? Is it intentional stupidity? Or is it just natural-born? I don't know. I don't know if it's intentional or just natural stupidity. They are claiming that they are the ones being forced to wear the yellow stars by being forced to show vaccine papers and passports to be able to cross the border or move about in the country. They're waving the Nazi flags to protest Nazism, to say, this is who you guys are. This is what the the, the uh, 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 government, the parliament, uh, and, and particularly Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, this is what they are. They are making slaves of us. They are making us the the yellow star wearers that are only allowed to move about in public if we show our papers that's what this is about and the idea that they're taking food out of the mouths of people at soup kitchens no they're not the people who are in those convoys are having their food taken from them by the canadian police people are bringing gas and food and supplies for them to continue this protest and they're being confiscated by the Gestapo, the Canadian Gestapo. Again, there's the Nazi reference, not to the truckers, but to the government. The good news is they have showed no fear. This convoy has showed no fear. They have shown no inclination whatsoever to end it, to back down. And it's working. It is working. Multiple Canadian provinces have indeed ended their mandates because of this. They want this over. They want things to go back to, well, whatever you want to call normal in Canada. That's what they're trying to do. And they are, they are, they're caving. The governments, the provincial governments are caving. So it's working. And it's only a matter of time before Trudeau caves because he continues to flee parliamentary hearings in which he is being criticized. He flees and will not listen. That lets you know it's getting to him. The only question that remains is how long will it go on and when do we start ours? According to some reports, that answer is Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl is being played in L.A. And according to some reports, that's where our trucker convoy will begin. In L.A. on Super Bowl Sunday, and it will begin its march cross-country to Washington, D.C., picking up new trucks along the way. And I, for one, am so proud of that prospect, that Americans are going to stand up to the tyranny of Joe Brandon the same way Canadians are to the tyranny of Justin Trudeau. 
925, right back. Okay, 927, as we uh, get you going here. A little fired up this morning. I told you TGIF, and I meant it, uh, for a very good reason. Uh, it's been a rough week, and there's a lot of rough stuff coming up this weekend and beyond as well. But um, I, I'm a little fired up, and I hope you are too. Coming up in uh, a few, like I said, we're going to talk with um, uh, with uh, Tim Barton from Epic Times. By the way, he's not just a writer for the Epic Times. He's the president of Wall Builders, which is a great organization that highlights the true facts about the founding of America, our Constitution, and our rich history. It's not about the southern border wall. <laughs> it's about something different. But Tim Barton is a historian, and uh, he's going to talk about real American history and what black history's role is in that and why Black History Month is so foolish and unnecessary and, and perhaps more than that. Okay, uh, Charlie is in Westlake. Hey, Charlie, go ahead. Charlie, you there? I don't know if Charlie's there. Or I don't know if we don't have him up. What's going on? All right, I thought I heard him mumbling. So uh, we'll, uh, that's okay, because we probably don't have much of a time for more than a 30-second call anyway before we get to the uh, to the bottom of the hour news. Uh, but a few other things that I am going to get into. I, I promised you um, some more audio or some audio of Justin Trudeau fleeing. I'll give that to you after the bottom of the hour news uh, and after our interview, actually, with uh, Tim. Uh, Barton, but Justin Trudeau is fleeing, and that's a pretty devastating situation when the uh, prime minister of the country will not stand and listen to the disagreements at the um, uh, in the uh, of the members of Parliament, Canadian Parliament. And by the way, that is not wholly unique to Canada. That it really isn't, because the same types of critiques that are levered at Joe Brandon. If you listen to Madam Circleback Jensaki, they refuse to acknowledge them. They they literally basically say, "Nope, that's uh, that's not something that we uh, that we uh, have heard. That's not something we address. That's not something we will respond to." You have to ask somebody else about that. Ask somebody else in the cabinet. Ask somebody else in the department. It's as if tyrants have a standard operating procedure, which is to jam their fingers in the their ears, squeeze their eyes shut. And shout, la, 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 I can't hear you whenever somebody is criticizing their tyranny. It's kind of funny how they do that. Trudeau and Brandon, Brandon and Trudeau, they're two of a kind. This should be a two-man show. All right, more coming up, including Tim Barton right after the news in 1420 The Answer. threat to your health get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer okay 936 we continue that uh that conversation that morgan freeman once had with mike wallace uh thank you johnny by the way for looking it up for me was 2005 uh it's hard to believe 17 years ago this uh, conversation was held and i think it's more relevant today than, than really ever before. Listen to this clip. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? No, well, no. well, come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? 
No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand? When I heard, or excuse me, when I picked up my Epic Times uh, this past week and I saw the headline, Black History is American History, I knew I had heard it before. And it's obviously not uncommon, but it was specific. There was something in my head, and it was probably the earworm that is the voice of Morgan Freeman. You know, it's just, it's, it's embedded there. And I remembered that, and that's why I looked the clip up again. Morgan Freeman in 2005 saying, Black History is American History. Why are we relegating it to a month? He's right. And so is Tim Barton. Timothy Barton is the president of Wall Builders. That's a national organization dedicated to highlighting the true facts about the founding of America, our Constitution, and our rich history. In other words, he's an American historian, and he joins us now to talk about black history being American history. Mr. Barton, good morning. Good to have you, sir. How are you? And good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm certain you heard that clip before, right? That that wasn't new to you, the Morgan Freeman conversation with Mike Wallace? No, sir. I, I've heard that and thought it was powerful the first time, and it's powerful every time I hear it. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think it's probably true more so today, and it should be echoed more so today than even when they had that chat uh, back in 2005. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw your headline. And I wasn't going to read your article, to be honest with you, because you know, I've read it enough times, pretty much, or stories similar about black history, and I concur. It's insane to have a Black History Month because essentially it is condemning uh, and condensing all black history into one month, and then we can just forget about it for 11 months a year, and that's silly because that's not telling the true story of American history. But then I read it, and I was so glad that I did, because I think you really highlighted some points that people need to think about when we talk about black history. Uh, and, and what I'd like you to start with, Mr. Barton, is this. The origin of Black History Month, as you do in your article, and compare the intent of the origin of Black History Month to its use as a propaganda tool today. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, as someone who studies history, uh, so much of the narrative that we have today is, is shaped and constructed by people who have uh, told the narrative, not necessarily what is historically accurate. And Carter Woodson is, is the individual who's a black historian credited with uh, kind of the birth of Black History Month. But, but it's also worth noting that the reason Black History Month became a thing at all, uh, in, in the era we are living in, it, it's a very common tactic of those on the left to want to divide people based on groups, categories, right, your gender, your ethnicity, your sexual preference, whatever it is, they want to put people in groups, and then they play groups against each other, which is also a very common tactic of Marxism. Well, this was something that the progressives started back in the 1900s, really maybe the late 1800s is the conversation, but the early 1900s when they took over, this is largely what they did. Woodrow Wilson, a a hero of the progressives, he wrote a five-volume set of American history, and this five-volume set of American history, he removed every single black individual from American history. I mean, genuinely, there was not a single mention of a single black person in his five-volume set of American history. And he even tells the story of the Civil War, which, you know, just from our modern understanding, I don't understand how you can give any kind of in-depth look at the Civil War and not talk about Frederick Douglass. But he was a, a Southern apologist in the way he presented history. He said the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery, right? It wasn't racism. And, and, and anyway, he changes the whole narrative. When progressives take over education, they are using his five-volume history set as the new standard for social studies, for history. 
And so it, it literally removed all of these incredible, amazing black heroes that are truly part of the American story. And in the midst of that, what's happened is when, when you had a, a Democrat racist president who was a hero and a leader of this progressive movement, when they changed the narrative, well, then Carter Woodson said, hey, let's just be honest about this. And so he said, maybe there should be a week that students in school actually learn some truth about black history. Now, again, this was significant because this was at a time when literally there was white racists who were removing the actual true history. And he was arguing, let's just tell the whole story. Well, what we are doing today is Black History Month is not being used to argue, let's tell the whole story. It's being used to promote things like critical race theory or 1619 Project, things that are fundamentally inherently not true, but are definitely politically charged and motivated to promote agendas. And that's just not good history. Right. Agendas and propaganda, that's not history. In fact, it's antithetical to history. History is the presentation of facts and how they may have impacted the present. That's, that's, you know, obviously relevant, but to use it as propaganda to advance in a modern day agenda is another thing altogether. And that's what you write in this very important piece, again, that I read in the Epic Times. And you point out that the way Black History Month is used today, it is kind of weaponized. Rather than celebrating the historical contributions of, of, of African Americans or black people, to this country, um, you know, the, the movement is being used to advance uh, propaganda and, quite frankly, resegregation today. Uh, everything in America's past has to have been labeled as racist to justify mm-hmm. the justify the resegregation and anti-white racism that we see going on right now. Is that overstating it? No, you're, you're exactly right. And one of the things that Historically, it's very easy to show. Is if you look back at, for example, the American Revolution. During the American Revolution, if if we looked and said, okay, when did the American Revolution actually begin? There might be a fun conversation about, right? Was it the shot heard around the world at Lexington Green, or was it when the British show up in Concord to seize the military supplies at Battle of Bunker Hill? You could go through some of those early conflicts in the beginning, but we point to the fact that John Adams wrote a letter after the Revolution, and he said the most significant thing, the seeds that started the Revolution. We're not the shot around the world at Lexington. It wasn't Concord. It wasn't the Battle of Bunker Hill. He says when the first blood was shed on King Street, which was the Boston Massacre. Now, it's interesting. John Adams says that's when the seeds for the revolution began because that's when the first blood was shed. Well, if you go back to the Boston Massacre, who was believed to be the first person that was killed for the cause of liberty, the Boston Massacre? That was a black man named Crispus Attucks, which is incredibly interesting that According to John Adams, the revolution began with the death of a black patriot. At that time, Crispus Attucks was a free man fighting alongside other patriotic Americans against the tyranny and oppression of the British. But the point is, when you start looking at the story of the revolution, I literally can it almost, you can pick a battle, and I can tell you the black heroes who were at that battlefield or literally received commendations at the end of that battle. You can't even tell the story of the American Revolution without including the black heroes in the black history. But the reason I bring that up today is the 1619 Project, they don't want to talk about any of the black heroes from the American Revolution or the War of 1812, and arguably not even from the Civil War. They don't want to talk about these black heroes or black Medal of Honor winners from American history. They only want to paint a picture of evil white people victimizing innocent black people, and that's the entire narrative they want to tell of America, to to paint the picture that America is fundamentally evil and flawed, and obviously... America, like every other nation, is not a perfect nation, and we definitely had some moments of great evil in this nation, but those great evil moments were not the defining points of the nation. Instead, 
the defining points of the nation were when we overcame those great evils. We fought a civil war, and at the end of the civil war, not only did white people fight a war with white people and freed all the black people, we began passing all kinds of civil rights legislation. You had the Reconstruction Era, where you actually had some of these individuals who had been former slaves become congressmen and senators and leaders in their states. America shifted, and this is where, when you start learning the whole story, it's a very different narrative than what's being promoted today. But as pointed out, what's being promoted today is merely political propaganda, not actual history. We're talking to Timothy Barton. He's a historian. He is the president of Wall Builders, which is a historical organization, without going through the whole depth of that again. But Tim, or Timothy, excuse me, I don't know what you prefer. Um, what you wrote, uh, one of the lines in your article, Black History is American History, that you wrote that I think is important is this. If not for the ideas and principles of the American War for Independence, otherwise known as our Revolutionary War, Slavery would have been more widespread and practiced without opposition for many more years. This is why the 1619 Project has been condemned as being fictional by uh, historians of all political persuasions and ideologies, even those who may be inclined to support the same uh, political viewpoints as as uh, the authors of the 1619 Project. They correctly point out that literally the formation of this country the independence being declared of this country began the downfall of slavery and in fact it was it was it was largely for that reason the institution of slavery couldn't have just been click your fingers and go, okay we're done we're no longer a, we're participating in the in the transatlantic slave uh, 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 in transatlantic slavery we are done it it was something that was going to take an awful large effort and obviously uh, the loss of a lot of lives to make that happen but it began with the formation of this country in 1776, and if we had not done so, as you point out, um, slavery would be more widespread in practice without opposition for many, many more years had we not done so. Well, without question, and that is easily historically verified, because if you look at abolitionists, not just in America, you can look at abolitionists around the world, and part of their inspiration came from the ideas of the Declaration. The Declaration was the very first governing document, arguably in the world ever, to espouse equality for all individuals, for all groups in, right, male, female, black, white, whatever color it was, we all are created equal. And, and again, this equality notion goes back to this idea from the Declaration that there was a creator. And the reason that we're all equal is because we're all God's kids. It was their cognizance of a, a God that allowed them to come to the conclusion that we are equal. And, and this is very much something that we see in Scripture as well. But the point is that this was the cry of the abolitionists, that the Declaration was the cry. In fact, there's even a lot of evidence that William Wilberforce, right, the hero of England who helps end slavery in England, he was inspired and actually had much correspondence with many of the abolitionists in America. So this is where you actually can track the influence of the Declaration to the great abolitionists, even over in Europe, and some of their sentiments or their vernacular and vocabulary being tracked back specifically to the Declaration of Independence. Timothy Barton is my guest. He's a historian, and we're talking about slavery. You wrote, this was just the first article of your Black History Month series, right? Because um, you wrote a second article, which I did not read yet, and I'm sorry to say I haven't seen it in my, maybe I'm a little behind in getting my Epic Times. I actually get the uh, physical paper, which I love. Um, but uh, you wrote about this in more depth uh, this week, I am assuming, about black heroes of the, uh, of the American Civil War, uh, and you've got more coming up the rest of this month. What do you have? Uh, yes, sir. So I have one coming out basically every week, and as you mentioned, uh, the, the physical copy is a little after it uh, appears in digital form, so people right. can find it online um, a little bit quicker. But 
uh, we go through uh, some of the heroes. A lot of it is just trying to tell the honest story. And ultimately, we want to get to the place that we recognize that we want to, like we mentioned in the beginning with Morgan Freeman, right? We, we don't want to segregate and say, right, that black history is for February. We want to say, let's just tell the whole story of America and include the men and women, the heroes along the way, include the black heroes, include the Native American heroes, include like, whatever it is. It's back to the American Revolution. If you look at George Washington's generals, during the American Revolution, he had 76 generals, 28 of those were from foreign nations, right? I mean, we know, like, you had your Marquis de Lafayette from France, but he had people from Poland, he had people from Germany. You, we literally can go through a dozen-plus other nations. Well, this was what America was. America was a melting pot of people from various locations, various uh, ethnicities, various colors of skin, but they were coming together to fight for a common cause of freedom. And so that's part of what we go through is just unfolding more of the true history with some of the heroes from America's past that actually the 1619 Project doesn't feel apparently the need to cover because it, it debunks even some of their own notions and narratives. So we get into that a little bit. We expose more of the progressive movement and how they're trying to weaponize the telling of history or the retelling or the dishonest approach to history. Uh, and so those are things we, we uncover uh, the next couple weeks. Timothy Barton, uh, last thing for you. Um, actually, I want to read one more line, which is such a great summary from your first article this month in this series about Black History Month. Um, America's story isn't one of slavery, but of the defeat of slavery. It isn't one of oppression, but of victory over oppression. I concur wholeheartedly, and I think any true, honest historian uh, would agree with that, or even you know, even if you're not a historian, but you're just a reasonable, common-sensible person who can look at all of this, uh, you would agree with that. Yet, here we sit in 2022, because of, in large part, recent events, the summer of George Floyd, uh, two summers ago, being maybe the, the, the largest one, the summer of racial reckoning, um, that narrative has flipped to this country being about oppression, not a not a victory over oppression. So given the state of current events, is Black History Month good for this country so that it can be propagandized and weaponized to advance that narrative of American evil and American historical oppression? Or would it be better if it wasn't something that we acknowledged? Obviously, the way it's being weaponized now is a very dangerous and damaging thing for the country. And, and fundamentally, anything we do in a narrative that's going to isolate or segregate people is a bad thing. It should be. We don't need an Irish-American History Month or a Scottish-American History Month or a German-American History Month or whatever the case is. We need to just tell the honest story of America, the good, the bad, the ugly, celebrate the heroes, acknowledge the the mistakes that were along the way, but just tell the honest story. And certainly the way that we are seeing things being weaponized today, we recognize the great danger in what there is. I am absolutely in favor of saying let's celebrate these great heroes from our past, acknowledge the contributions they made, whether it be your Booker T. Washington, your George Washington Carver, your Frederick Douglass, your James Armistead, right, your Crispus Attucks. We can go through literally hundreds, if not thousands of names off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But the point is, that's not the way the story is being told today. So the way that Black History Month or African American History Month is being used today is very damaging and destructive to even racial relations in our nation. And certainly it's damaging to the true story of America.
Yeah, and that's the sad reality of it. Uh, black history has been replaced by Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter, of course, is not about black lives. It's a political movement toward Marxism, as acknowledged by the founders of that movement, and that's the sad reality. Timothy Barton, thank you for joining me, and thank you for writing these wonderful pieces on the reality of Black History Month in the Epic Times. Uh, it would be so nice to be able to see the way Martin Luther King Jr. you know, dreamt to see black hands and white hands clasped together in unity, but uh, unfortunately Fortunately, the Black History Month of modern-day America is something that has broken that handshake, that broken those uh, those clasps and those grips apart, and uh, and that's a real that's a real tragedy. Keep up the good work. Thank you for educating us on this history and uh, its impact on present day, uh, Timothy Barton. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah, black hands and white hands. That was the dream, right? Sitting, uh, you know, little black children, little white children sitting together at the table of brotherhood, sitting together, sharing, uh, you know, commonalities and so forth. And instead now, Black Lives Matter, uh, the, the critical race theory movement, uh, modern day education and academia. Nope, they're never going to let that happen. They're never going to let that dream come true. They're going to continue the nightmare of segregation. But this time, instead of segregation at the expense of black people and black children, it's going to be at the choice of black people and uh, people victimized by that movement. That's the reality. Self-segregation. It's a remarkable thing. And it's a tragic thing in a nation that should be racially unified. 954, quick time out back, maybe with a caller. In fact, we've got calls all the way up to 1030 now because um, it is Friday and we like to do free-for-all. we got Christina Hagen coming up at 1035, so between now and then, get in. 216-901-0945, right back. Bigger. Bigger and better and stronger. Always right with Bob France. Sometimes they say huge. On AM 1420. Really large. The answer. Did you see, speaking of building back bigger and broker, did you see Biden yesterday talking about the inflation and the answer to it being build back better? The bill that he couldn't even get enough Democrat support for, much less Republicans to come along with. The Green New Deal, biggest expenditure on the issue of climate change leading to carbon taxes for uh, middle-class Americans, all Americans. Uh, Build Back Better that Joe Manchin, his own Democratic Party colleague, said, uh, what, last week, it's dead. People said, hey, do you think there's any chance of revival? Would you bend? Would you be willing to do this, that, or the other thing? And he said, no, Build Back Better is dead. And apparently, Joe Biden didn't get the me- uh, the, the message. Joe Biden continues to push for Build Back Better. It's a dead issue. It needs to be re- rethought entirely. Any spending bill or anything else being uh, used to deal with um, inflation has got to be started over again. And he's still clinging to Build Back Better. Why? Because he's got nothing, nothing else to offer. I wish I was making that up. Literally, they told him, hey, Joe, Brandon, whatever your name is, sleepy guy, inflation just rose 7.5% year over year. It's the largest, highest inflation increase since 1982 as we were fighting to come out of the entire second half of the decade of the 70s of inflation, of gas shortages, of supply chain disruption. 
You've reinvented the Carter years. What are you going to do? And his answer was, well, we build back better. Build back better? The lie that it's paid for, by the way, the lie that it's not going to increase the uh, the uh, 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 national debt, the idea that it's not going to increase taxes on middle-class Americans, are we serious about this? That's a remarkable thing. It really is that he has nothing else to offer. He has crushed the energy industry. He has crushed, crushed the supply chain. He has crushed uh, um, American families with higher costs at every level, by the way, from, from energy, from gas pumps to grocery stores to clothing stores to automobiles to virtually every product in American retail. He has completely ignored and abandoned the southern border. He has completely ignored drug prices and their rapid rise. He is literally... Look, I'll talk about it with Christina Hagan at the bottom of the hour at 1035. One of the things she wants to talk about is the polling. Did you see it? The new national average, Real Clear Politics national average of polling. For the first time, Brandon is under 40%. Now, he's been under uh, uh, 40% down into the 32-33 range in a number of individual polls, and not push polls put forth by Republicans, by the way. Talking about by AP polls, talking about by uh, 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 Newsweek polls. He's been well under 40% in a number of polls, and we've highlighted those as time has gone on, as Americans have continued to suffer under Brandon and his ineffectual leadership. But now, in the real clear average of about a dozen national polls, in the average of them, including the good Democrat push polls, he's under 40%. He's 20 points underwater from approval to disapproval. I can't, quite frankly, see how this administration lasts one full term in its current makeup. I can't. The American people are are done. Uh, let's talk about it with your phone calls next. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always right, right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 